Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. I'm Anthony Moore. I serve as the um, senior pastor of Carolina Church located in Fort Washington, Maryland. You happen to be on the Carolina prayer call line. I'm grateful for your presence on today. I want to encourage you on today, for those of you all who are working with us as a part of our 365 Bible reading plan, um, being a part of that, what a great time and a great day it is. If you're not a part of it, you can certainly join us as we read through the Bible in the year of 2024. We have a Bible reading plan that we've laid out, is laid out, and you can certainly be a part of that um, simply by contacting us at the church or my, or me directly. And um, join us as we are reading through the Word of God, growing. As we seek, find, know. As we seek, find, know the journey of loving God, the journey to loving God. Um, today I want to talk about the gospel. Um, the gospel. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? And um, I'm hitting this as a part of our process of uh, what we're doing in terms of reading through the Word of God and understanding that the gospel is not just that which we, in fact, see in the New Testament, um, but it goes beyond the New Testament, even before. Um, you hear a lot about people saying um, the gospel, I'm preaching the gospel. But the question really is, what does what does the gospel, what does the word gospel mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Some may answer the question by referring you to the first four books of the New Testament. That's how some people will answer that question, that the gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the first four books of the New Testament. And it is true that those books are called the Gospels. But another way the Gospel ought to be viewed is that the Gospel is good news. That's what that's the Grandmama Cornbread version of what the Gospel is. It's good news. When you look at it from that perspective, then the entire Word of God is the good news. It is the gospel. The entire Bible is the gospel. I want to make sure you're clear on this. The entire Bible, Old and New Testament, becomes the gospel. And so it's not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But it starts from Genesis and works its way all the way to Revelation. And so I want us to make sure that we're clear that the gospel is considered the good news. That's exactly what it means. The question, however, is how do we break down what this good news or gospel actually is? How do we do that? So I want to start from the beginning, and I kind of want to break it down. I want to give you areas that will consist of the gospel that um, um, we have come to see in the Word of God. Let's start with um, the creation. That's the first part of the gospel that we see, as we see it in Genesis. In the beginning, 
God created us to be in relationship with him. I think that we ought not rush past that too soon because many persons fail to understand the purpose for why we were created. And so let me go over this again. The first part of the gospel is the creation. In the beginning, God created us to be in relationship with him, to know him and to worship him. The perfectly holy sinless, one true God. That, that's what our purpose is. You know, in the beginning, God created us. He created us to be in relationship with him, to know him, to worship him, to know the perfectly holy, sinless, one true God. Y'all, there was no sin and no pain in the world. God dwelt among his people and communed with them. And he created all of the earth to sing his praises and make people in his image. He made us in his image. Made us in his, in his image. The Imago Dei. God made us in his image. The Imago Dei. So the first part of the gospel, as we see it in the Bible, starts with creation. The second part of the gospel goes from creation to the fall. Fall becomes number two. Shortly after God created the world and people, his people then were tempted to sin. They, ch they chose to follow their own desires over God's desires and disobey God's commands. They trusted in themselves more than God and wanted to be in charge. <laughs> they doubted God's goodness and love for them. So then sin came into the world, causing a big issue as a perfectly holy and sinless God cannot be in the presence of sin. It would go against his very nature. Go against his very nature. It goes against his very nature. He couldn't be in, in perfect relationship with his people anymore. So in fact, the consequences for sin is death. Based upon Genesis 3 and Romans 6.23. So the question becomes, how would God solve this problem now? How would he solve this problem he now had with the people he created? The people that he loved deeply and desired to be in relationship with. What's going to happen? He had a glorious plan from the beginning. I want you all to know that he had a plan from the beginning. So here's what we know. We know that the gospel consisted of the creation it consisted of, consisted of the fall, but then the gospel became relevant to us through the third area, which is called redemption. Redemption. So I've got the creation, we have the fall, then we have, the re, then we have redemption. Romans 6.23 says this to us, you all. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But... The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Now, you, you heard me put emphasis on that word, but. So even though what we earned for our sin was death, God interceded on our behalf. He made a way for us to be in relationship to him. It wasn't anything we did, no amount of good works, no amount of good deeds, no going to church, serving the poor, being nice, or whatever. None of that could ever solve our problem. And it's called, you all, technically it's called total depravity. Total depravity. We were unable to save ourselves. Nothing we could do could ever solve our sin issue that separated you and I from God's presence. So he made a way for us. He made a way for us. The perfectly sinless God who created the universe offered us this free gift, a gift we could never earn on our own. We couldn't forgive our own sins or ever be good enough. So he made a way for us to not have to die because of our sins, a way that we could live forever with him. Now, you all, what, what that verse says to us um, um, is that he made a way for us. The question that we've got to ask is what was the way he made for us? Here it is. It's the only way to eternal life with God, and that is being through Christ Jesus. The only way to eternal life with God is through Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's son who came to earth as a man, lived a sinless and perfect life, and then died on an awful cross for our sins. He died in our place so that we didn't have to die. He died in our place so that our sins, which separate us from God, could be forgiven. He died in our place so that we can be restored to a right relationship with God, our creator. I, I, I wish I could tell you that's the end of the story, but that's not the end of the story. He didn't just die for our sins. After three days of being dead, he rose again from the dead and overcame sin and death. And whether you all know it or not, that is incredible news. That's good news. If Jesus stayed dead, what would be our hope? If sin and death overcame him, his death would have been for nothing. But he rose again. Oh, God. And is alive. His death and resurrection made a way for us to have a new life in his name and a restored relationship with God. He paid the price that we should have paid, dying in our place and now offering us life in him. His death not only restores us, but it is for all things in his creation, as Colossians 1 and 20 says, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross, Christ's death brings you all reconciliation to every aspect of life that sin has affected, physical, spiritual, emotional, and relational, and also to all of his creation. Now, I'm going to quit here, you all, but what I've tried to do is compartmentalize the gospel for you. 
One is creation. Two is fall. Three is redemption. The next piece that I want to share with you, and I'll do this next week if the Lord delays this, come in, don't have time today. I want to talk about the restoration process. The restoration process. And this is how I compartmentalize the Bible in such a way that we understand that the gospel is the good news. It's the good news. It's the good news. We'll pick up here next week. Listen, I need to ask you all to help me to pray for uh, many persons who are on our list. Uh, again, we want to pray for Jackie Thomas, um, for Sharon Durham, Deacon Sharon Durham, Brother Gary Davis, Mary Davis, Deacon Evelyn Mack, Sister Martina Baxter, Associate Pastor Talia White, praying for Velda Jones. We're praying for Lois Dix. We're praying for her brother who had a stroke. We're praying that God would heal. We're praying for Deacon Ruby Dixon, Deacon Ruby. Um, we're praying for Sister Sean Dolly. We believe in God to wipe away um, the spirit of depression and anxiety. I'm praying for Doug White, who had open-heart surgery. We're praying that God will heal his body. For Brother Nathan Ferraby, who's having in-and-out surgery on um, January the 26th on his knee, I want you all to lift Brother Nathan, Brother Ferraby, in prayer. Praying for Beverly Robinson, who's having a procedure to um, check and see if she has cancer. We want to lift her in prayer. That procedure will be on tomorrow, January the 25th. Um, Rico Dix happens to be the brother of Elois Dix, if you all would lift him in prayer. Monica Lewis's stepson, Damian Lewis, his mom transitioned. We want to pray for that family. Um, brother Michael Holmes, we're praying today. Um, we're praying for Kelly Wilson, who has been diagnosed with breast cancer. For Joseph Wilson, waiting on test results. Um, on whether or not he has cancer. We're praying for Reverend Thomas Wilson, uh, waiting on results from a tumor that's in the brain. We're believing God. Um, praying for John Wilson, who has COPD. Breathing has become increasingly difficult. Praying for David Wilson, been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. We're praying for Devana Wilson in the uh, transitioning of her mother, Ruth Ann Majors. Again, we're praying continually for Lisa Pagaz, um, who in the in the transition of her mom, our member, Sister Gaylene Musgrove. We're praying for Isaac Livingston, Isaac Livingston, who suffered recently of a stroke from a stroke. Praying for Gary Barty on today and his family. We're lifting Gary Barty and his family in prayer. Delbert Gibson, we are praying for Brother Delbert Gibson. Continual prayers for Pastor Thurm James, who has been released from the hospital in Florida and has returned home here in Maryland. Praying for Oscar Brown, who's recovering from a stroke after preaching. And um, from we're praying for Pastor George Gilbert. Um, former pastor of Carolina Church, we're praying, who also suffered from a stroke. We're praying for preachers and for churches and 
my brothers and sisters, we're praying for you who are on this call on this morning. Praying for all of those who are traveling, for my son Josh, who is traveling this morning. We're praying for traveling mercies. Praying for you. Father, in Jesus' name, um, as you already know, our list is long and our concerns are many. But regardless to how long the list is or regardless to how uh, convoluted our concerns might be, the truth is, God, none of this has caught you by surprise. You are a God who is omniscient. You know everything. And so even before we asked you for what we've laid out before you today, the truth is, God, you already knew about it. We thank you for giving us the avenue of having faith in you and trusting you for our deliverance, for our healing, for our recovery. We're thanking you now, God, for what you are doing on our behalf, for all of the names that we've called. We're thanking you in advance for what you're doing. Now, God, not only are you omniscient, and you already know. You know us because you made us, you designed us, you created us. We are grateful for the gospel of the creation of knowing, God, you made us in your image. Thank you, God, for the good news of that. You know us so well that you've numbered the strands of hell on our head. God, you know what we need even before we ask. So, Father, we thank you in advance for knowing what we needed and knowing that none of this has caught you by surprise we also know in addition to you being omniscient you are omnipotent meaning god you got all power so you can handle what ails us and father we need you we need you to do what only you can do god heal now restore deliver god cast down Cast out. God, I pray that you do it now in the name of Jesus, Father. God, we thank you so very much for your gospel, for your word. And as we dive into this world, word of seeking and finding and getting to know you, God, we're discovering just how wonderful you are just how magnificent in you are, just how majestic is your glory. Now, God, have your way in our lives. Speak, God, for your servants are listening. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people of God said amen. Hey, listen, you all, thank you so very much for your time on today. Listen, I want you all to um, take the principles I've given you today as we look at this good news and apply it. Um, I want you, on your mark, I want you to get set. Come on, we've got to grow together. All right? Seek, find, know. Let me encourage you to join us on this journey of, of loving God.
by reading his word and coming to know him all the better. Love you all much. God bless you. Have a great day on purpose.